the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. About President Trump's dealings with Ukraine has said today that his client is willing to answer written questions submitted by House Republicans. A surprise offer made to Representative Devin Nunez, the top Republican on the House Intelligence Committee, would allow Republicans to ask questions of the whistleblower who spurred the Democratic-led impeachment inquiry. President Trump says Iowa is one of the places being considered for the signing of a trade deal between the U.S. and China. Chile announced last Wednesday that it was canceling a planned event for mid-November due to demonstrations there. Now the U.S. and China are looking for an alternative location. Farmers have been hard hit by the trade war, but President Trump is assuring them they will come out ahead in the end. Correspondent Ken Lorman, this is SRN News. Eric Metaxas supports our president. People have become so angry that they can no longer see things logically. They're saying horrible things. They're saying everybody who voted for him is a racist. This is despicable. There are good people all over this country. Just because there's a couple of maniacs doesn't change the fact that America voted for this man. This president overcame his own party going against him. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnights at 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. The best and longest running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities is right here on The Patriot. Join Mitch Berg and Brad Carlson of the Northern Alliance Radio Network every Saturday and Sunday afternoon at 1 because each week the NARN brings you the best in local, political, and conservative talk. It's the NARN Saturday and Sundays 1 to 3 right here on The Patriot. Let's take a look at your Twin Cities forecast from the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. Mostly cloudy with a high of 47. And speaking of the NARN, Hour 1 of the Brad Carlson Show starts right now. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to reach out to us via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions regarding today's show. Content, as always, we appreciate you tuning in uh, back in the Patriot Bunker. On a Sunday, was uh, filling in for Mitch last weekend, uh, last Saturday, when Mitch was out on assignment, and then we played a best-of show last uh, Sunday. But we are here live on a Sunday, and uh, glad to be with you. It uh, uh, doesn't sound like a lot of snow coming this week, but uh, overnight lows in the teens uh, for much of the week. Uh, I'm okay without the snow, though. Yeah, I... I you know, as it gets to be winter, snow is is fine as long as it's plowed in a timely fashion. But the it's a below zero stuff that gets uh, kind of old rather quickly. But you know, hey, it's November. I I will accept this now in November when we were getting this overnight lows in the teens stuff in October. It's like yeah. it's a little too soon. But. I mean, my rule is that no snow until after Thanksgiving because yeah. after Thanksgiving, that's just when I want to be in complete Christmas mode. And when I think of Christmas, I think of just a ton of snow. So let's get through the feast of Thanksgiving. Technically, no we already had snow, though. Technically, I, I, we had. But I'm talking about, like, massive accumulation, oh, like six inches or something like of that. Of course. Yeah. That used to be a staple for a lot of years. For some reason, the day after Thanksgiving, we'd always get a huge snowfall in this general area. I'm fine with that. Yeah, which it's hit and miss some years. I mean, there's I, I remember Thanksgiving maybe 10 years ago. It was close to 60 degrees, you know. And so, for the most part, it's 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 
decent weather out. I, I am going to run a 5K the morning of Thanksgiving. Oh, great. Because uh, I, I uh, was not able to run in the annual uh, Anoka Grey Ghost 5K, which, you know, Anoka is the Halloween capital of the world. Just ask them, they'll tell you. And they have this every Saturday before Halloween, they have the Grey Ghost Parade. One of the festivities is a Grey Ghost 5K, which I run in annually, but I filled in for Mitch last Saturday. I said, right. you know what? I'll uh, I'll do a 5K on Thanksgiving morning because it's a it'll give it'll make me feel better about you know the ensuing gluttony that'll take place yeah. later the afternoon. Um, I was about to say, know. I mean, at least you have the willingness to do a 5K. I don't really know if I have that in me. Yeah. Now, if it's if it's too cold, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll have to reevaluate certainly. Sure. But uh, I've got a rule: if it's, I'll run if the temperature's in single digits. But if there's if there has to be no wind. Okay. So if there is no wind, I will run in any conditions. You know, but you know, I would prefer to run in seven degrees and no wind than like thirty degrees and a breeze. Seriously, that's just how I roll. Someone told oh. me yesterday: if you run when it's that cold, it doesn't matter how windy it is or not. If you run in seven degrees, that's that could be a problem for you. Know, my lungs haven't exploded yet, so yet uh, maybe I should uh, Google WebMD or look up WebMD and see if that is if that's just a uh, old wives' tale or what. But, Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. A lot of digressions here, but a lot to get to in this uh, portion of the show. Uh, kind of divided up. There's a lot of national news from this past week that I want to get to, and then in the second hour we'll talk uh, some local stuff. But I did want to uh, at least address the Trump impeachment proceedings. It became official. The Democrat-controlled uh, House finally voted uh, on the resolution to approve an impeachment inquiry. And it was pretty much as you would expect, down party lines, all 196 Republicans, House Republicans who voted, uh, voted no. And all Democrats, I think there were 234 Democrats voting. And of the 234 Democrats, all voted, uh, or I think there was 233 Democrats and one independent, because Justin Amash is now an independent out of Michigan. He used to be a Republican, and he voted yes, of course. Uh, but there were two, only two re- Democrats, two Democrats that voted no of the 233. One of them was our own Colin Peterson, he of CD7. Now, CD7 is largely went for Trump, I believe, by 25, 30 points back in 2016. And it is the reddest congressional district along with CD6 in Minnesota, yet Democrat Colin Peterson is kind of an old-school Democrat. He didn't vote for Obamacare. He's more on the pro-life side uh, when it comes to the abortion issue. And he has been in long enough to where you know, likability is still very much a factor that transcends party lines. Okay, and I'm not, you know, that's a different, this is a different issue for another day. But the point is, Colin Peterson voted what his, no doubt his constituents preferred, and that is, they're not being impeachment into President Trump. So uh, if you want to offer Colin Peterson kudos, that's fine. Uh, I'm pretty neutral on it whatsoever because I pretty much long conceded that because the Democrats have the majority in the House, they were going to invoke to, uh, they were going to vote to impeach President Trump. But what I want to get to is, and Andrew McCarthy at National Review wrote about this very thing, the Trump team has to do a heck of a lot more particularly the president himself, than putting out tweets, you know, witch hunt, you know, you know, capitalized witch hunt, exclamation point, or no quid pro quo, and uh, the, how can you impeach somebody who hasn't done something wrong, or anything like that. And I, I guess there may be some people uh, around President Trump who are trying to communicate to him, look, we need a strategy going forward. Because again, as has been emphasized by so many people, impeachment is not a criminal proceeding, okay? It's a political one. So there aren't the normal uh, due process protections that are taking place, all right? Now, it would behoove the Democrats to allow for some uh, motif of, of due process for the simple reason that, it'll play right into the chanting point that it is nothing but a witch hunt. But Andrew McCarthy points out in a piece that he wrote at National Review this past week that this has not hurt the Democrats politically in holding these closed-door meetings. And what they were able to do is say, look, we haven't officially opened an impeachment inquiry. We haven't officially voted for approval on it, even though Nancy Pelosi, the day before the president's, uh, the transcript of President Trump's call with the Ukrainian president Zelensky was released, had said they were going to open impeachment proceedings. And they have been interviewing witnesses behind closed doors, what have you. 
And instead of addressing the substance of the criticism that these witnesses were putting forth, you have uh, some Republicans and a lot of right-wing pundits on TV and radio smearing the witnesses, including um, uh, Lieutenant, uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Vindman, who I, I forget what his role is, uh, something having to do with Ukraine. He's a citizen, served our country honorably in Iraq, even, even was awarded a Purple Heart because he was injured after an IED explosion. Okay, But because he is of Ukrainian descent, Okay, he's an American citizen now, but because of his Ukrainian descent, you have people like Laura Ingram on Fox News saying he's a double agent. This is despicable. This is not going to help your case whatsoever. You have to come out and answer the substance of the criticism. You can say the inquiry is unfair. You can say it's not being done in good faith. Make the argument then. But instead of coming out and saying no quid pro quo, you can't, you know, this is a witch hunt, that's not going to work anymore. With the Mueller proceedings, Mueller report, once that officially came out, yeah, you to a certain extent you could claim that because all of the breathless uh, reactions by leftists saying that President Trump was a Russian asset proved to be laughable when the Mueller report came out. Now, were there some irregularities and, and some unethical behavior by the Trump administration and people surrounding him during the Russia proceedings? Yes, there absolutely was. And one could argue they that House Democrats could have used that as their impeachment case, but they chose not to for political purposes because they surmised correctly that after nearly two years, people had impeachment fatigue, Russia fatigue, I should say. All right. But with this, this Ukrainian business, relatively fresh and new, the the Democrats felt like they could go forward to it. And now again, uh, and and I know some, I know I've got a, a strong contingent of Trump. Trump-supporting listeners out there, call me and tell me I'm full of crap, 651-289-4488. Tell me where I'm wrong. But I will say that just because the Democrats have always had impeachment on their minds, even before Trump was inaugurated in January of 2017, doesn't mean they're wrong about this. Okay? Yeah, they... They never brought it forth until they had something that they felt like they could make a case because the Democrats aren't dumb. Most of them aren't anyways. I mean, they're, some are pr- pretty politically savvy because they're continuing to hold these closed-door meetings and leak testimony to the media. And, of course, the media is basically a transcript service for the Democrats are dutifully reporting this stuff. You can, you can scream from the hills that this is all unethical. But what you can't question is its effectiveness. Because right now, the uh, again, I'm reading from Andrew McCarthy's piece here at National Review, the national polls are trending in the direction of, of impeachment. Because not only does the country strongly favor an impeachment inquiry, 51% to 42% in the latest Real Clear Politics average, independents now slightly favor the president's removal from office you know, at about a 2.5% uh, for removal, opposing removal. Okay, So this is something that you're going to have to take seriously. You're going to have to make a case. And what you have to do going forward is answer the substance of these charges. You can say, all right, the, at the substance of these charges, as, as the president tried to strong-arm the Ukrainian leader into investigating the saga with Joe Biden and his son, okay? And had he do that, had had he once he went ahead and made a public statement to that effect, then they would release this aid that they were that they had pledged to Ukraine. Okay? Well, it turns out the public statement by Ukrainian President Zelensky never happened, never came to fruition as far as I know. And while the aid was delayed, it ultimately went to Ukraine, and the delay on it didn't have any adverse impact. Okay, These are the arguments that they need to make here, and they're not making them. Okay? This thou protesteth too much, to me, that seems to only solidify the pro-impeachment inquiry crowd. Okay, So, um, again, I'll read a little bit more from Andrew McCarthy's piece at uh, National Review. 
get a little bit more into the substance when we come back. And again, take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Hi, this is Al Malmberg inviting you to join us on the World of Aviation each Sunday morning at 10.05, right here on 1280 The Patriot, as we talk with those who have had incredible life stories in aviation, like Jessica Cox, who was born without arms, but went on to become a pilot and black belt in taekwondo, and Gordy Lewis, who began flying when most people are retiring. Gordy started flying at the age of 67. That's every Sunday at 10.05 a.m., right here on 1280 The Patriot. The Patriot Freedom Fan Club and New American Funding want to pay your mortgage next year. This is Tom Matiney from New American Funding, and I'm excited to be the sponsor of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest. If you win, we'll pay your mortgage or rent for all of next year. That's extra money to take your family on vacation, put in a pool, or to help a friend in need. Enter once a day from now through December 20th at am1280thepatriot.com. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle from the Patriot Freedom Fan Club and me, Tom Matiney, at New American Funding. Hi, this is Tim. And this is Lee. And we're the Kingdom Builders. You've often heard us talk about our theme verse, Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. We want to be as perfect as possible, but we realize nobody's perfect all the time. For example, we just did a roof for a lovely family here in the Twin Cities area and asked him how things went, and he said, the crew was uh, kind enough to move my barbecue grill off of the deck when we were doing the tear-off so we wouldn't get debris down on his barbecue grill. After the roof was complete, they put my barbecue grill back on the deck but they got the grill backwards. The knobs were on the wrong side. <laughs> and I had to remind them, hey, Mark, we're not great barbecue grillers. We're just great roofers. We can't guarantee we're going to get your grill in the exact same position on the deck when we're finished, but we can guarantee the workmanship that we do on your roof for the life of the products. If you'd like a no-obligation estimate or evaluation on your roof or gutters, please give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Welcome back, AM 12 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And you can also uh, give us a call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Talking impeachment inquiry. This first couple of segments, as I conveyed last segment, they finally took an official vote. It was pretty much down party lines. Every single uh, Republican, 196 Republicans that were present to vote, all voted no on the impeachment inquiry. 231 of the 233 Democrats voted yes. And is that an ex- like a normal expectation for these kind of proceedings? Like, is that similar to what happened in the Nixon era and the Clinton era as well? Uh, I believe so. I uh, I um, I don't think I, I don't recall the um, Nixon hearings. I don't know if we'll, it never got to the Senate because it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that he was going to be ousted via the Senate. So he resigned before that happened. Before it went to a trial, um, I don't recall if they brought up to, for the House vote. I think so. I know. I believe they yeah, obviously they did in the in the Clinton impeachment hearings because he was impeached, right? Uh, just didn't wasn't convicted in the Senate. So yeah, from what I understand, that is that is protocol 
in order to open an official impeachment inquiry, it's to take a vote. And this was just, you know, uh, major, uh, Republican minority leader Kevin McCarthy said, thought that they uh, were able to uh, strong arm the Democrats into taking this vote. And it's like, well, no, not really. I mean, there was never really any threat that the Democrats weren't going to vote a majority to impeach uh, President Trump. So, uh, but from what I understand, yeah, that is that is protocol. Uh, I do want to uh, read a little bit more of this uh, Andrew McCarthy piece at National Review where he's basically saying Team Trump better come up with uh, a amicable or a um, reasonable defense, I should say, an acceptable defense for these impeachment proceedings, because right now they're complaining about irregularities. You know, this uh, kangaroo court, uh, you know, gutting due process. But again, this is a political hearing. So the Democrats, in by the letter of the law, aren't necessarily doing anything wrong. You can you can argue that they're this is unethical, and if you want to make that argument, that's fine. But it's not carrying any political weight since the majority of the country. Uh, a poll taken, again, shows that or the majority of those uh, surveyed say, yes, they believe the president should be impeached. So, again, I'll read from Andrew McCarthy's National Review piece. Once we have both public hearings and public disclosure of transcripts from the prior secret interviews, Americans are simply not going to care about the irregularities in the inquiry up to this point. Again, even without more transparency, the polls have been moving in the Democrats' favor. That is, the attack on the process mounted by the president's allies is already losing traction. Soon, it will become irrelevant. The public will not be moved by process arguments as long as the Democrats afford the president and the minority a decent opportunity to refute allegations and oppose articles of impeachment. Now, you just heard at SRN News at the top of the hour that the whistleblower's legal representation has acquiesced to allowing Republican members of Congress to cross-examine the whistleblower, not in person, but to uh, give written questions to which the whistleblower will answer. Uh, Again, you can argue whether that process is pure or whether that process is ethical, but you are at least going to get answers to some questions. So again, come up with some hard-hitting questions. And then you could say, well, this is what the whistleblower is conveying. Do you find these answers acceptable? Anyways, uh, back to McCarthy. Uh, The president is not going to win this by ranting that he has been subjected to star chamber tactics. He's going to have to win it on the merits. Over the weekend, I contended that this means arguing that the flaws in the president's negotiations with Ukraine are worthy of criticism, but they do not rise to the level of an impeachable offense under the circumstances. I went through the various considerations in some detail. The facts that Ukraine and U.S. national interests were not harmed by the delay in transferring aid, that the Ukrainian government in the end was not forced to investigate the Bidens, that the Ukraine facts pale in comparison to the Obama administration's 2016 collusion with foreign powers and exploitation of intelligence and law enforcement powers in the investigation of Trump's campaign, and so on. You can agree or disagree with my assessment of the case. Here's what I don't think you can disagree with. The president needs a defense to the case. He needs to take it on the allegations and rebut them. Saying the process reeks is not going to cut it. The secret hearings and strategic leaking have been bad, but the complaints about it have exhausted their usefulness. The warm-up is over. It's game time. So on that note, we want to go to a caller on line one to weigh in on this. Uh, Al is calling in from Zimmerman. Hi, Al. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hi. I just want to comment on the whole impeachment process. It's a blow job. It's, I, it, excuse my language. It's just a smoke job. I, I, they're, 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 cons- they're constantly doing this impeachment to, uh, you know, just blow smoke and not actually look at the uh, people that are running for president and all their insanity. Right. And they just keep running and running with this. And one other thing, uh, <laughs> The Clinton impeachment and uh, the Nixon impeachment, there was clear crimes committed. Right. So they didn't have to do an impeachment inquiry. Right. This impeachment inquiry, it's just looking for something, anything that they can do to harm the Trump administration. And it's been going on for three and a half years. America's had about enough of it. The people that are knowledgeable enough to see it. Right. 
It just it, it blows my mind. But what about and, the uh, any yeah. any quarter inch you give to the liberals and to the Democrats, they're going to take a hundred thousand miles and run with it. Right. You're so, well, Yeah. Thanks. Uh, appreciate the call, Al. So, but what about the poll that was taken though? That shows I don't care the majority. About polls. Well, but you're saying that the American people aren't going for it, but the polls show that they are. They they believe there's something there. And the Trump, don't you agree that the Trump team needs to come out with a a, a defense to swat away the if 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 these are uh, cl- uh, claims that can be easily dismissed? Why isn't the Trump team doing that? That's because what I want to know. Falling into their, they're not falling into their trap well that's that's fine but again if if you're putting enough seeds of doubts in the majority of americans that's going to certainly hamper the trump's re-election campaign i mean he's still running that at this moment too and he's got a, he's got a ample opportunity for re-election because as you alluded to the insanity on the democrat side so why not just swat this away and you know have the and be done with it that that's what i'm wondering you can't just stomp up and down saying there's no there there when the the american people clearly think the opposite well Maybe he should have his fireside reading and read that phone call to the American people instead of hearing all the nonsense from the left. I, I yeah, I'm willing to I'm willing to be open to anything at this point, Al. Again, I I appreciate the call. I don't really have a particular dog in the in the fight. I mean, I'm will certainly never vote Democrat, but uh, I'm I'm still debating on whether uh, you know me for me personally that uh, if if President Trump deserves reelection, and I'm I'm waiting to be persuaded here. Um, so this is this is an issue that. Uh, you know, as Andrew McCarthy brilliantly points out in this piece, you know, mount a defense because you're, again, complaining about the process, lack of transparency, which all may be true. It's not resonating with the American public. And once again, an impeachment is a political process. OK, it's not it's not some sort of legal trial. All right. Where there's actual crimes. It's whether the president is fit to continue serving uh, in the White House. We have another call on line one. Matt is from Maplewood. Hi, Matt. You're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Thanks for calling. Hi. Th- hi. Thanks for taking my call. I, I just wanted to point out, I, I, I don't disagree that he needs to respond strategically because it, it, it is having an impact. I think a lot of people that aren't watching the news or casually watch the news, that's the people that are being covered in the polls that I'm seeing. And it looks like basically they're just turning on the news. And of course, like you said, the news is basically just a spokesperson you know, piece for the for the uh, sure. Democrat Party. But I think the way to actually respond to it is to actually go on the attack because a good offense is a best, you know, best defense is good offense. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to start exposing corruption within the Democrat Party, the entire field. And there's plenty of material to work with, such as Warren. She has a background with some financial services dealings that are that are shady. She has some things back in her her, her past in terms of her college uh, college uh, admissions and things like that. Sure. I think you just need to start scorched earth on the Democrats and just exposing that. Obviously, Biden, his son, that that thing stinks to high heaven. So I think you keep harping on that. But I, I would just systematically, basically draw the line and say, look, if you guys are going to start to pull out all the stops to get me impeached, I'm going to I'm going to burn this whole thing down and, and just start exposing all the Democrats. For all the corruption. Appreciate the call, Matt. Uh, we do want to get to one final call this segment. Uh, Mark is in St. Louis Park. Mark, we got about a minute and a half or a couple minutes to go. Thanks for calling. Brad, thanks for taking my call. Another great show. Um, just to piggyback on that first caller, um, the Office of Legal Counsel has already said there's no crime. And when you ask in these, sure. these polls, you ask the questions, ask questions, should Donald Trump be impeached? There's a few that ask a follow-up. For what? No responses. They have no clue what 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 to answer right. after they're asked for what? Mm-hmm. So the Trump administration really has got to get their messaging out. I agree so wholeheartedly. Thanks for bringing that article up. Just ask a follow up for what? You know, yeah. anybody listening listening to your show, ask someone a follow up. What should be impeached for? They have no clue. They haven't even read the text. And uh, I'll hang up and listen, but. That's that's frustrating. The messaging. Thanks for the article. It's a great article you read. Thanks. Yeah, you you bet. Thank you for the call, Mark. And Andrew McCarthy is a former uh, uh, assistant United States Attorney General from the uh, for the Southern District of New York. Okay, so uh, this isn't some uh, lackey that's writing this article. This is a this is a very solid legal mind, and and more often than not. He is defending uh, Trump, particularly during the whole uh, Russia saga that was taking place basically the first two years of the president's administration. Andrew McCarthy was out in vehement defense of Trump. And here uh, he can't defend Team Trump uh, because they aren't responding in, in a proper manner. And again, Americans want a reason to, to vote for, for Trump. 
even if they don't like him personally, they realize how just absolutely loony and insane these Democrat proposals are. There's no way they can go for that. So they need a reason to, to, to believe in Trump. And if they don't believe that Trump is fit to serve in office, they don't believe that uh, his conduct is becoming of the office, then, you know, that could weigh a little thin. Again, his staunch supporters, I don't know that there's much Trump could do to to get to dissuade them. But, uh, yeah, something's going to have to hurry quickly. And I'll just say this, Rudy Giuliani um, being the uh, lead attorney for President Trump, uh, is not doing him any favors. Let's just be perfectly honest. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit beefy, or even with type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Affordable term life insurance is out there. Call term provider and speak with Big Lou at 800-481-1458. 800-481-1458 or visit BigLou.com. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. I loved playing high school sports. I loved the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry. And I wanted to keep playing. But I graduated. No colleges called and neither did the pros. So... To stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. You know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Minnesota did. And now, I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriots. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. As I close out each weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming, you can check out my friend and colleague King Banyan on our sister station, AM fourteen forty, the Businessman. And by the way, congratulations to King. Ten years as part of the Northern Alliance Radio Network on the businessman side. Now, obviously, King was here uh, 15 and a half years ago, yeah, uh, as part of AM 1280, The Patriot. So, But then he transitioned over to the businessman because in two thousand, late 2009, he declared he was going to be a House candidate uh, for Minnesota, the Minnesota legislature, so he couldn't obviously be on a political station. So he uh, got a show on the businessman, the business side, AM 1440, talking about economics, 
And uh, yesterday, King celebrated his 10th anniversary, and uh, Ed Morrissey left a recorded message, and Mitch and I called into the program live. So uh, always grateful to hang out with King, and uh, what, a, what a blessed time it's been to have him on the business side for 10 years. So congratulations to King. Still churning out great radio Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. on AM 1440. And my friend and colleague, Mitch, uh, Mitch Berg, on these very airwaves, AM 1280 The Patriot, Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition of the NAR, and I am the closer. Closing out weekends, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in. I don't feel like I need to give out the phone number because we're getting a flood of calls. 651-289-4488 is the number to call in case uh, you haven't tried to call in as yet. And we can also take your tweets. Just weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARNshow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. And as always... We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, let's go to back to line one. Uh, Bob from Shoreview wants to weigh in on impeachment. Hey, Bob, you're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, yeah, I, I support President Trump, but I'm trying to look at this from an impartial point of view. And when it comes right down to it, if you listen to his words in the phone conversation, it could be interpreted either way. Sure. You know, it's open to interpretation depending on who's doing it. And it's, it's un unprovable uh if you look at his words what that he was offering a quid pro quo you can't prove that it's it's just up to right. each person's interpretation i you know if president trump said well i shouldn't have worded things that way because i can see how it could be open to interpretation depending on how an individual wants to interpret it mm-hmm. then that would be good if you would admit that right but uh you know, let's try to look at it impartially. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, thanks, Bob. That's an excellent point. I appreciate the phone call. And, and and again, that gets back to Andrew McCarthy's point. Somebody, anybody, come out with a coherent legal defense instead of complaining about the actual process. Because, again, the majority of American people surveyed aren't that offended by the process and what's taken place thus far. So there needs to be some serious rebutting of these of these talking points. And if it's not going to happen then President Trump, as always, is going to be his own, own worst enemy. And and I understand, you know, you, Trump surrounds himself with pretty good people, but inevitably a lot of them fall by the wayside because they just can't corral him. He's going to do what he's going to do, and that's it. And if this is the route he's going to take, then he's going to be in his own worst enemy. And he already has been, let's be honest. So thanks, folks. Appreciate all the calls on this impeachment stuff. That was great. I, I, I was telling Jason during the break, I should say more often, call up, tell me I'm full of crap. And uh, the phone calls all of a sudden flooded in. So that's good. No one actually said that. but Exactly. Uh, <laughs> say the exact opposite of what typical hosts would say on the Patriot. Yeah, great right. idea. Great idea for ratings. There you go. There you go. So we appreciate all the calls. Again, uh, we, we take all calls and... Uh, um, you know, everybody seems to be in alignment that, yeah, they don't like how uh, Trump is being, uh, they don't like these secret proceedings, but at the same time, yeah, someone needs to mount a coherent legal defense. Uh, I, I missed this last uh, Sunday, because obviously I wasn't on the air, uh, that the uh, renowned uh, ISIS leader, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, was the... Um, uh, by the way, uh, I like how President Trump uh, uh, pronounced his name, Al-Baghdadi, kind of like how Brad Pitt says Nazi, you know, in, in, uh, in was it, what was that? Inglorious Bastards, yeah. <laughs> probably my favorite uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. That was, that was probably, that's what it reminded me of every time I heard Trump say Al-Baghdadi. Uh, anyways, Abu uh, Bakar Al-Baghdadi, ISIS leader, was uh, taken out uh, and... I think it was like Saturday evening, and the teaser already came out via Twitter on on Saturday evening, and they said President Trump will have an announcement Sunday morning. And obviously I wasn't on the air, uh, so I didn't really talk about it. But what really made uh, the – what what really kind of took over as the story is not so much the death of uh, Baghdadi, but the Washington Post. The Washington Post – uh, had an initial headline written talking about ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi you know, was, was taken out, and they wrote a subsequent story about it, uh, about how U.S. forces killed Baghdadi. This was last Saturday after a successful raid on a compound in northern Syria. Well, the Washington Examiner weighed in on the curious revision of the headline. This was their second draft of the headline. While many celebrated the death of the serial rapist and murderer, the Washington Post left many confused 
by giving him the title of austere religious scholar at the helm of the Islamic State. The Post acknowledged Baghdadi led, now I'm saying it, Baghdadi, yo, Baghdadi, uh, Baghdadi led ISIS with shocking brutality, but focused much of its obituary on his academic career. The man who would become the founding leader of the world's most brutal terrorist group spent his early adult years as an obscure academic, aiming for a quiet life as a professor of Islamic law, the Post wrote. The reasons behind the newspaper's decision to tout Baghdadi's academic career rather than his brutal leadership were unclear. The first version of the story described Baghdadi as the Islamic State's terrorist-in-chief before it was changed to austere religious scholar. So it's one thing to come out and almost glorify this, let's call him for what he, what he is, this maniac, it's it's all it's one thing to come out with that as your initial headline, but to change it to that from Islamic State's terrorist in chief, which is a pretty benign but yet accurate description, and then to go, what? That doesn't make any sense. And and the one thing I know about I you know I'm I'm not a journalist, but I I get it that the process of writing a headline is independent from the story writers. Whomever is writing the actual story, they don't draft their own, their own headline. I get that. But how does the process work? Is it one person reading the story and then contriving a headline? Is it is it a group like an editorial board that decides to, to give it a headline? I, I don't know. But regardless, why why that? And, of course, there was backlash immediately for whitewashing this, and uh, there was a, uh, let me get her title right, uh, Christine uh, Karate Kelly. She is the Vice President of Communications and General Manager uh, with uh, the Washington Post. Uh, She came out quickly and said, uh, regarding our al-Baghdadi obituary, the headline should never have read that way, and we changed it quickly. So they changed it a second time. Okay, they had one headline, they changed it to al-Baghdadi being an austere religious scholar, and then changed it again, so third time's the charm, I guess. Sounds like a classic case of just overthinking it. I, I, th- th- but that doesn't make any sense. I know. And again, I understand why the Washington Post, you know, any this this is what I've talked about this on the show before. One hundred percent opposition to Trump, the resistance. You know, I use resistance in quotation marks because a, a real resistance is when you put. Uh, your life on the line opposing something as opposed to, as you know, my friend and colleague Mitch Berg says, sit in a uh, coffee shop having a latte after your Pilates class, you know, owning people on Twitter. Okay, that's not resistance. It's just not. All right? But for purposes of discussion, these people who call themselves the resistance, this is why this movement is so utterly vacuous. is because you can't stand to have any, tout any successes that happen in the Trump administration. Okay, and we talked about this before last summer when Mariano Rivera was enshrined in the Baseball Hall of Fame. The fact that he showed approval for the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Nutrition as well as showed approval for the President's uh, uh, item on his agenda combating the opioid crisis, all of a sudden Mariano Rivera should have on his Hall of Fame plaque how his tacit approval for President Trump means that he supports racism. Okay. And again, the left, because they oppose Trump so much, they put themselves on the opposite side of drug-free, healthy kids. They put themselves on the opposite side of combating terrorism. They, they continually step on rakes with this resistance garbage. You know, and again, more power to them. Far be it for me to, to, try, to try to help them correct their behavior. They want to look like idiots. You know, Godspeed. It just it just doesn't make any sense to me, you know. And and wasn't the wasn't these many of these same people just a couple of weeks ago when President Trump decided to remove military operations out of Syria that ISIS was going to have this big reformation and all of a sudden there's going to be this brutality all over the world again and our our, our allies and the Kurds were going to be slaughtered. Okay, so wasn't there so there wasn't that acknowledgement that ISIS could reform and is still brutal and is still a threat. Now all of a sudden, well, they were just headed up by an austere religious scholar. What's the problem here? It's it's absolutely stunning to me. But again, this this is this is what happens. You know, they're gonna. Uh, this is again a newspaper when Trump uh, labeled many mainstream outlets as fake news. I mean, this is since before he was inaugurated. 
Trump was using the phrase fake news. You know, the Washington Post decided, you know, we need to we need to hold power accountable. And so they come up with a slogan, democracy dies in darkness. Okay, well, apparently at the Post, uh, prudence and common sense apparently get bludgeoned in broad daylight. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Narn Show, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Don't miss Sandvold Financial Group's Money Talks radio show here every Sunday morning at 9. Securities offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Sandvold Financial Group is in Minnetonka, 952-544-2837. If you've thought about getting dental implants, you probably know most places charge $4,000, $5,000, even $6,000 per tooth. Why do they cost that much? Because that's the price the other places have decided to charge you. And that's why most people who want dental implants don't get them, because of the high price. Well, now there's a place called ImplantMiracle.com. It's the local dental office where beautiful, top-quality, long-lasting dental implants are as low as $2,499 per per tooth. That's right, as low as $24.99. So you're going to save a lot of money, but still get great implants that last a long time. Plus at ImplantMiracle.com our price includes the implant abutment and crown, which a lot of other places charge extra for. We don't do that. And with us, your consultation with the dentist is free. Standard x-rays are free, and we offer convenient financing. Please see our website for more information. ImplantMiracle.com That's ImplantMiracle.com I'm Jan Markell, helping you understand the times. So you might think that this is satire, but it's actually not. It's a real thing. A seminary in New York City, a union theological seminary, getting their students together to confess their sins to plants. Students at Union Theological Seminary prayed to a display of plants set up in the chapel of the school. Today in chapel, we confess to plants, the nation's oldest independent seminary declared. Together, we offered our grief, joy, regret, hope, guilt, and sorrow in prayer. Folks, the predicted strong delusion of the last days is upon us. Had the Bible not forewarned us, much that transpires today would be beyond belief. Thankfully, the Bible warns us in advance of the things to come. For more information, listen to our weekend program on this station or anytime at olivetreeviews.org. The world of business and investing is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the info? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, reading trade magazines, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. That's where Business 1440 steps in. We're your on-air guide through the fast-paced financial and business landscape. Up-to-the-minute business and investing news. Streaming now at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. We know you're going to love that brisket. 2141 Cliff Road in Egan and at RackShackBarbecue.com. That's RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack Barbecue. Ooh. Welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with one final segment this hour with me, Brad Carlson. Well, apparently, Generation Z... Is it, is it Generation Z we're in now? Millennials, Generation Z. Uh, apparently, Barack Obama isn't woke enough for, uh, for those people. There was a speech that he gave uh, this past week. I think it was at some sort of summit uh, hosted by the Obama Foundation. It's a couple of minutes long. Uh, I, I was on. I had this show. The first five and a half years of this show was during the Obama administration, and politically, policy-wise, there wasn't anything I, on which I agreed with him. So I guess it took him not being president anymore to pretty much say amen to something he had to say. This is a uh, former president Barack Obama. You know this this idea of purity and you're never compromised and. You're always politically woke and all that stuff. You should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. People who you are fighting may love their kids. 
and you know share certain things with you and 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 I think that one danger I see among young people, particularly on college campuses, Malia and I talk about this. Yara goes to school with my daughter. Um, but I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then Can't I can sit back out. and feel pretty good about myself because, man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> That's good. Let me get on TV, <laughs> watch my show, watch Gronish. <laughs> um, I don't get that. You know, that's not, that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. You know, if, 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 if all you're doing is casting stones, uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get that far. That's easy to do. Okay, so uh, someone named Ernest Thomas, uh, or I'm sorry, Ernest Owens. Ernest Owens, uh, all it says is he's a journalist. He wrote an uh, opinion piece of the New York Times uh, dissenting from Barack Obama. He says, yes, Mr. Obama, we know that some of these people very likely love their kids. It doesn't make a difference. What members of older generations now dismiss as cancel culture, or as Mr. Obama put it, being judgmental, is actually one of many modern-day iterations of protests they took part in when they were younger. Students at the University of Pennsylvania using social media to push for the cancellation of a campus event, including a former Trump administration immigration and customs enforcement director, is not totally unlike college students using bullhorns to criticize apartheid in South Africa in the 1980s. Hashtags such as hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag Mute R. Kelly, hashtag Me Too, and others that were created by black women online aren't all that different from picket signs and petitions our parents used to demand racial and gender justice. Yeah, but let me interject something here. First of all, um, canceling a, an event by a former Trump administration uh, immigration and customs enforcement director, uh, ICE is there to enforce laws on the books. Now, if you have a problem with those laws, protest those laws. But stand on the merits of your argument. Let the ICE former ICE director come, say what he has to say, and then pen an op-ed and say, here's where he's wrong. But instead, you don't want a dissenting viewpoint. That's what the that's what Barack Obama, the point he's making here. If all you if you think that you're winning an argument just by owning somebody on social media, you're doing it wrong. And to equate protesting apartheid with hashtags and social media, thinking that you've won something, you're just validating Barack Obama's point right there. Gosh, this is a this is an alternate reality. Agreeing with Barack Obama and something this is this is crazy. What I appreciate Brave about him the most, though, is that he's patient with himself when he's saying these types of opinions of his in front of an audience. Uh, I was watching the video because I was from YouTube, and I know this is radio, but he looked down several times and just was like, "All right, I'm going to think this through before I say it." And sure. I think it was honest, and I think he nailed it right on the head. Yeah, and and this is something you know. This is something he said as president. I remember specifically he said right. as president about going to college. He says, look, if you're going to college, you can't expect to be shielded from viewpoints with which you disagree. That's not real life. Right. And that does not help you when you become an adult because inevitably you're going to face a culture with which you disagree, whether it's in your uh, – you have a disagreement with the way your employer runs things, okay, what have you, and all of a sudden you're not going to be prepared for real life. So this, uh, I forgot his name again already, Ernest Owens, let me uh, read a couple more sentences, I only have a few minutes left. Uh, It's telling that it's the powerful and privileged people in society who are most agitated by this form of online activism and most convinced that it represents unnecessary evil that is tearing away at our civil discourse. Well, no, again, what he's saying is just using that tool alone doesn't make you an activist. It's actually going out and getting involved and advocating for people who can, you know, make laws, change legislation. You know, we, we've seen it 
over the past decade or two. I remember specifically in 2004, this is one great example, in 2004, it was a two-to-one opposition to same-sex marriage. And during the 2004 presidential election, 11 different states had on the ballot to define marriage as a man and a woman, and all 11 states voted overwhelmingly to define marriage as strictly between a man and a woman. This was 2004. Okay, two-to-one opposition against gay marriage. Fast forward 10 years, all of a sudden it's the law of the land. Okay, how does that happen? There was a cultural shift. Why? It wasn't screaming at people saying they're bigots or intolerant. It was actually putting a face to the issue and coming out saying, you know, how does this harm you or how does this impact you? I mean, the 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 aftermath of that we could discuss later on. But the point is, there was a shift. There was a change. And it didn't require violence. It didn't require calling people bigots or intolerant. Not not all of it. There There was still some of that some of this progressive left that called anti-gay marriage uh, uh, people bigots. Okay, I get that. But for the most part, there was a cultural shift, and it doesn't happen by shaming people. It just doesn't. So, again, what Barack Obama brought up in this, in this, uh, in this chat he just gave is that social media in and of itself isn't going to change things. It's proverbial boots on the ground, changing hearts and minds. How are you going to do that? going to do that by uh, looking at people as non-entities, as non-human. Don't put a don't put a face to them because then it's easier to own them. You know, again, that's that's not activism, and you're not going to like the country you end up with if that's how you think you're you're going to make change. So, uh, you know what? Kudos to Barack Obama. This again, this is something that near the tail end of his presidency, I don't know if it was a revelation to him or or, or, or whatnot, but uh, it definitely something he became more cognizant of. And I'll just say this, uh, the Babylon Bee, uh, they came out with a, you know, Babylon Bee is a, a satire site. And uh, they came out, they, I mean, to me, that's that's become the go-to uh, satire site. You know, there's The Onion, there's uh, uh, the Duffel, uh, Duffel blog and and uh, everything else. And, ah, God, I hate when my uh, screen refreshes. Well, I'll have to come back to it, but it said something along the lines of Obama's speeches for the foreseeable future are canceled because people began to realize he opposed gay marriage when he first became president. That's actually true. He opposed gay marriage when he first became president. Now watch people start canceling him because he once had that unacceptable belief. AM 12, to the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, hour number one of the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Guys, waking up over and over to urinate is not okay. But now you can reduce those nighttime bathroom trips with the ingredients in Super Beta Prostate P3 Advanced. We're talking about less urges to urinate at night, less bathroom trips during the day, and better bladder emptying. It's like taking three prostate supplements in one. You can try a full 30-day bottle of P3 Advanced free. Just pay shipping and handling. No strings attached, no obligations, and no commitments to buy. This is a 30-day supply, absolutely free. Call 1-800-424-9446. Superbeta Prostate is the best-selling brand in major retailers like Walmart. But for this no-strings-attached free bottle, you must call now. Call 1-800-424-9446. Don't miss out on this unprecedented free offer. 1-800-424-9446. 1-800-424-9446. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Mike Kappel here, serial entrepreneur with words from another happy payroll customer. Well, it's very easy to use from the login and the setup was extremely easy. I didn't have to call anyone for help. I was able to do it on my own. And I love the fact that I can run my payroll and print my pay stubs, and then you guys do all of the filing for me. So I get a quarterly report that everything's been filed on my behalf, and then at the end of the year, I can print out my W-2s. So I use you guys. I tell everybody, it's the easiest thing I've ever done. Why anybody doesn't use y'all, I don't know. Visit us at PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Whether you love it or you hate it, winter is coming. And it usually doesn't call ahead to let you know. That's why this is the perfect time for standard heating and air conditioning's Don't Wait for Winter sale. 
where you can save at least $1,270 on a new high-efficiency furnace. It's supposed to be an especially cold and snowy winter this year, but you and your family can enjoy reliable, toasty comfort all season long. In addition to saving $1,270, your new high-efficiency furnace can also help you save on utility costs. So you can take comfort in knowing that Standard has been serving the Twin Cities since 1930 and that Standard's NEAT certified technicians will get the job done right and right away. So don't wait for winter or wait too long. This sale ends November 30th. Learn how you can save $1,270 on your new furnace at standardheating.com patriot. That's standardheating.com patriot. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Comfort you deserve. AM 